Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of the KV Pod. I'm your host, Daniel. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thanks so much for tuning in. For those of you that don't know me, I am a teacher and a husband just doing my best to make sense of this crazy world that we live in through open-minded discussions. On this episode, my wife and I will be discussing the controversial Supreme Court decision that was released this summer, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Now, as you probably know, this was the landmark decision that overturned not one, but two previous Supreme Court rulings, Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Obviously, the issue of abortion is highly debated, and I'm sure before I even get into the discussion, you have very strong opinions about that. And honestly, I do too. I have very strong opinions. Some people are highly in favor of the Supreme Court's ruling, and some people are devastated and appalled that they ruled in the way that they did. But today, I don't want to discuss abortion so much as I want to discuss how the Supreme Court interpreted the Constitution in this decision. And so what I actually want to do is dig into the actual decision that is written down on this issue and actually open up the Constitution itself to see if the Supreme Court has good reasoning in their decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And I also want to dig into the dissent, the three justices that disagree with this decision, and see if their reasoning has any founding. I think this discussion will be very informative and helpful to some people, and I know Shalene and I learned a lot and benefited from this conversation, and I hope you do as well. I also just want to say that the discussion today is based on my own interpretation and understanding of the decision that was written and of the Constitution. Obviously, I'm not a historian or a lawyer or a Supreme Court justice or anything like that, but I've done my best to do the research and make sense of everything, and I just want to open up to you guys that if I get something wrong or if you have thoughts about this, please reach out. Uh, The email is in the show notes. Um, I want to use this episode as an initiation for a conversation about this important decision. And so if you think I missed something that's really critical to this discussion, please reach out, and I'd love to converse with you. I think this is such an important topic. Also, if you find this episode interesting or informative and feel that someone else that you know will benefit from this episode, please feel free to share with them. We appreciate you guys uh, spreading the word in that regard. Also, make sure that you are subscribed to the show so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. I am planning on having more guests on the show and potentially discussing other Supreme Court issues. So make sure you're subscribed. And if you're already subscribed, thank you so much for your support. Okay, let's roll the intro music and get into the episode. Thanks for being on the show again. Yeet. I always say thanks like, I like mean, I'm super surprised that you are doing the podcast with me. I, I appreciate the appreciation. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I also guess I'm coming from the mindset of we might be rebranding the podcast sometime soon. Okay. And maybe changing the name of the podcast. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so... I don't know how much I'm supposed to act like I know and how much I'm supposed to act like I'm surprised. We've discussed this, but me being like, thanks for being on the show is related to me rebranding somehow. 
Dun, dun, dun. But that's all I'll say for now. Foreshadowing. But anyway, um, I think I already said this in the intro, but um, I was thinking of doing this episode as a solo, but you and I were talking about it just because I was telling you my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it came up that like, oh, talking to another person might actually make this more interesting to listen to. Dynamic. As I well. Yeah, was more dynamic. Yes, dynamic was the word. More interesting. So it's like more dynamic. Um, as well as helpful for me to kind of get into a flow of what I want to talk about today. Yeah. So it's going to be kind, I don't know, it's probably not going to be one-sided, but I'm going to be presenting what I have researched to you, and you are going to be acting as the blank slate, never, never seen, you haven't seen my notes, audience. Which I have not. It is true. Even though we said we discussed it, we discussed, we meta-discussed it. Let's say that because we're so good at that. So I just know the topic and that we're going to talk about it and that I'm not going to know anything going into it. So I just get to hang back and be your interested student. Teach me, (laughs) Mr. Floyd. Teach me all the knowledge. Okay, okay. And I will have questions because I'm a good Good, student. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm looking at this as teacher-student, but you're just acting as a sounding board of someone for me to talk to. So um, the topic we want to talk about Mm-hmm. is actually a Supreme Court decision that came out this summer. Mm-hmm. It was highly controversial, highly uh, covered by the media and discussed on social media and all of that great stuff. And frankly, it is an important topic mm-hmm. that our country has been talking about for decades in some form or another. Yeah. And okay. I just wanted to have a discussion on the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization Supreme Court case. Oh, boy. Which, if you are listening and are familiar with that, that is the decision that they made, uh, the Supreme Court made this summer, not only to turn overturn Roe v. Wade, um, but Planned Parenthood versus Casey. So they actually overturned two prior Supreme Court decisions in this new Dobbs decision. Wow. And so, obviously, the, the issue of abortion is very um emotional for a lot of people people have very passionate views on it and i would say even we do yeah i mean we have passionate views on it and the purpose of this episode is not to discuss abortion as its own topic per se right okay i want to talk about the supreme court decision in this dobbs case okay and there's some nuance in the difference between those um so so obviously also, hist- hist- a historical thing that happened is like the decision was leaked or the first draft of the decision was leaked ahead yeah, of time. Yeah, which like that's a whole thing in and of itself. Right. That's that's insane. I don't know if that's ever happened. That's crazy. So like that adds to the um, sensationalism of the decision. And Good then the word. fact that they. Oh, thank you. And then the uh-huh. fact that they overturned Roe v. Wade. Essentially, what they did is they said abortion is not a constitutional right. Mm-hmm. It is an issue that must be decided state by state. So now in some states it is mostly illegal with maybe some exceptions. Mm-hmm. And in other states it is mostly not illegal. And, you know, there's a whole spectrum of when, you know, when in the pregnancy and under what circumstances. So so now instead of us having a more homogenous approach across the states, it's much more uh, individualized with the states. So to clarify, you're going to be talking less about like the morality of abortion and the whole issue itself and more about the legality 
Yeah, yeah. So let me let me get into that. Okay, so so when Roe v. Wade and and Planned Parenthood versus Casey were overturned this summer, emotions ran very high. Um, pretty much anyone who was pro-choice was devastated. They're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, these rights are being taken away. Um, this is a fundamental right for women, and the Supreme Court has made a decision against women's rights, against abortion, mm-hmm. and those who are pro-life were super excited. They're like, oh my gosh, this is huge progress mm-hmm. in this arena. Um, we're celebrating this, and you know, and we want to keep moving forward because now we want to address all the states that still have abortion laws and you know what, all that stuff. Sure. So there's very polarized sentiments regarding that issue. Sure. And... What I've what I've realized and what I actually learned on personally, actually, I kind of learned more about how the Supreme Court works in observing how this case unfolded. Yeah, and I've talked to you about that, and the narrative that I'm hearing, at least through social media, I don't know if I listened. I don't really don't consume news media, but through social media, is people are saying I am in favor of the Supreme Court decision because I think abortion is wrong or should not be legal. Sure. And then you have another side that says I am against the Supreme Court decision because I think it's a it's a human right, it's a women's right, it's a health right, and sure. and that sort of thing. Little did I know mm-hmm. that's not what the Supreme Court was concerned with. And even after because you read through the whole decision. I read and even most after of the reading the decision you're still like, that's a subtle nuance. Right. So, so let me explain what I mean by that. that. I said the Supreme court was not concerned with that. The purpose of this, and I have to remind myself, okay, so what is the purpose of the Supreme court is the Supreme court deciding whether abortion is right or wrong? No, on paper, that is not what the Supreme court is for, which takes us back to high school civics, my friends. Right. Which I, I mean, I learned the phrase, the Supreme court is supposed to interpret the constitution, but like, what does that mean, and how does that apply to this case? It, right. I don't know. It hit me in a new way as I was looking into this Welcome issue. Welcome to adulting. Yeah. So. Yeah. But and so I wanted to talk about that because, so the purpose of the Supreme Court with regard to this decision was not to get together and go, okay, is abortion right or wrong, and how should that's not what they're trying to figure out. Okay. That's not their purpose. The purpose of the Supreme Court is obviously so they're an appellate court. There's the Mississippi law that was appealed to them and they're determining whether that law is constitutional. But then more fundamentally, they are supposed to go, okay, let's take the issue of abortion. Is abortion a right that is given to the American people in the Constitution? Right. And so what we realize is that abortion can be discussed in multiple layers. And so I have here on my notes that we can talk about abortion as a moral issue. Sure. Yes. Some people say abortion is morally wrong. Mm, okay. Some people don't agree with that. Right. And we can debate that. Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it a, is, is the unborn, you know, person, is it a person? Is it just a fetus? Is right. it a clump of cells? We can debate that. That's a whole scientific thing and, and moral thing. We can then talk about abortion as, so that's the moral aspect of it. Sure. We can also talk about it as a human right. Separate from American law. Right. So, for example, I. Globally, how do we. Sure. Just as I. So, personally, I would argue if you are a human, then you have the right to life and you do. No one has the right to take your life Mm -hmm. simply because you're a human, regardless of what country you're in, regardless of. Uh, what culture you live in, whether you're American or Chinese or Russian or English or Italian or wherever, um, 
I believe you have the right as an adult to have your life and no one has the right to take that from you without some sort of due process. And I'm kind of quoting. I was going to say how very American. I know that's a very American view I have. But so but based on that, if so, I would say murder is never justified, Mm -hmm. even if. Let's say there's a country that says it is illegal to murder people. Mm. I would say there's a higher human right human right uh-huh. above law that transcends uh, governmental law. So that's a human right issue. And so we sure. take it back to abortion. We could say abortion is a human right. You cannot tell women what to do with their bodies. You okay. cannot force a woman a woman, wow. A woman, sorry, I can't talk. You can, Wham it. Yeah, cutie pie reference. I'm um, sorry. You cannot force a woman to carry out a pregnancy that she does not want. So that's an argument that is made. Sure. So, and that's coming that's from a one, human yeah. right. And, and they're not necessarily appealing to any law per se. They're appealing to human autonomy and human rights that go above that. So there's that level. So there's the moral issue. Is abortion right or wrong and a moral issue? Is it a human right, which kind of also overlaps into the moral issue? And then there's another level we can talk about it as Americans in discussing whether abortion is a constitutional right. Right. Meaning if we crack open our constitution, which is readily accessible to us as Americans and because of the internet, because we have that freedom, we can look at the laws, which is nice. If we look at the constitution, is the right to an abortion enumerated in this document? Okay. That is the question that the Supreme Court is trying to answer. Right. And and I would argue that that is the question that the Supreme Court should be trying to answer. That is what it is designed and set up to do is not to make moral judgments necessarily, not to necessarily make rights on human rights broadly outside of American law. They're supposed to look at the Constitution and go, okay, is this right in the Constitution? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm what I want to talk about in this podcast is did the Supreme Court in this specific case interpret the constitution correctly and so um there's this idea that that i wrote here in our notes as i said that we must commit to interpreting the constitution objectively not changing its interpretation to align with our ever-changing policy preferences and did so, you say that was your own words that's kind of my own words i'm kind of also taking that from some things that were said in the decision so i'll i'll read those quotes can you read that one more time i said we must commit to interpreting the constitution objectively Okay. What does the Constitution say and what does it mean? You realize this is like a whole thing. Like people do their whole degrees. Like yes. the Supreme, like, I don't, this is just a big thing. So I'm glad to be listening because mm-hmm. there's a lot. So, yes, I'm not pretending like I have, I'm not a PhD in this. I'm not in this, but I am a concerned citizen who cares well, about this issue and I've done research and I just want to discuss it. Yeah. And I really appreciate that that's your heart and mind in this, that you want to take part in this discussion. Um, yeah. So right. Continue. And so the Thanks. idea here is that what, what I'm going to personally assert in this podcast is that if, is that it is possible that the constitution is not a perfect document. Sure. And the beauty of it is that we can change it. Yep. Amendments. Case in points, yeah, 27 amendments that we have so far. Is Oops. that so? What I would argue is that if our policy or our views differ from what the Constitution says, 
we should change the Constitution as opposed to reinterpreting it, interpreting it incorrectly. Right. And so. Yeah. So. okay, For the sake of this issue, this Dobbs case, I just want us as novices in the world of law and constitutional law. I want to look at it. And I have read through the case. I have not read every single word of the decision. It's over. It's long. It's like 200 pages. (laughs) It is long. But I've gone through all the sections and and looked for things that and I want to read a lot of quotes from that decision. And kind of just talk through, and and I want to look at the Constitution and look at, okay, did the Supreme Court correctly interpret the Constitution? And so if I were, if I go to, um, well, we know what they decided. They said it's not in the Constitution. Right. And a lot of people say it is in the Constitution. Right. So I want to look at it and go, is it there? Uh-huh. But the but the foundation that I'm coming from in this, and, and I'm going to read this, this is, so this is in the case, um, in the decision, Um Uh, page 14. So this is in the majority opinion. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying here is that as the Supreme Court has cautioned in a previous case, here's what they said in the previous case, we must exercise the utmost care when we are asked to break new ground in the area of determining these rights. Okay, I'm Mm -hmm. kind of adding things here. It says we must uh, exercise the utmost care lest the liberty protected by the due process clause, so they're referring to the 14th Amendment, lest the liberty protected in the 14th Amendment be subtly transformed into the policy preferences of the members of this court. Boy. So so what they're saying is we need to be very careful about how we interpret the Constitution. Yeah. Because if we are just willy-nilly with it, and so like we take the word liberty, the Constitution protects its the liberty of the citizens. Yeah. So the fundamental question is, well, what does liberty mean? Right. And what areas of life are protected under that word and what areas are not? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what they're cautioning in this case is that we need to be very careful about rigorously, and I would even throw in the word objectively interpreting it, so that we don't just reinterpret words like liberty and life and property or whatever just to re- so that it means something new every time we get a new set of supreme court justices wow and i think that's that's responsible i think that's responsible i think that's very wise yeah. and good cuz otherwise the supreme court then just becomes the catalyst for whatever government uh, political party happens to be in which power. is what it's been accused of a lot it has recently. been it has been yes they just say oh you're just using the supreme court to uh pass legislation or allow certain things that are totally unrelated to the constitution they're just using it as a platform for power right to enact some political agenda. Yeah, the judicial branch is just becoming an extra extended arm of the executive branch and sure. doing whatever the executive exactly. wants. Exactly. And yeah. in principle, I would agree that we should not do that. Right. It's supposed to be a check and balance. The purpose of the Supreme Court is to look at the Constitution and go, okay, is this right, allegedly, or the, the case of abortion, is this in the Constitution? Sure. Okay. Got and it. so we have how many Supreme Court just- justices? Oh, don't do this to me. It's between I, eight, nine? eight and ten. It's nine. Good job. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for... I had... Nine is what came to my head. Yeah, there's nine. Okay. Yeah. So there's nine. Woo-hoo, and so I the passed. decision came out six to three. Okay. Oh, really? Six oh, to three. Oh, because of the way that Deciding it, okay. that abortion is not a constitutional right. Okay. Okay. May I ask now for the sake, though, of someone slightly less informed, what is the political balance in the Supreme Court right now? Because mm-hmm. if my memory serves me correctly... Trump was able to put in a lot of justices and just the balance has shifted notably. 
And so I know that there's an argument for that of like, this would not have gone this way if the balance was not massively right. You're talking about conservative versus liberal. Yeah. And I know, I know you want to be at a level in this conversation that's above all the politics to sure. some degree, but yeah. I think we have to consider that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because six to three, I mean, that's a majority, not even a slight majority. Yeah. That's like it's one more than barely winning. Um, I don't know. I don't know the political affiliations of the... I literally don't know. Really? Nope. All right. Like, I don't know how many are considered conservative and harmony or considered liberal. Or well, we could, like, whatever. Google that super quickly. Yeah, well, we're already 20 minutes in, so all right, all right. keep moving. Well, people, just that, acknowledge that that's a thing. That is a thing. But, yeah, that's not my question. And it, and okay. honestly, it shouldn't be the question. It sh- right. Right? In an ideal world... I'm just world, bringing that up because I know it's a thing that our listeners are like, um, excuse me. Yes. And that, yes, I get that. I get that. I get that. All right. Um, Not the point here. But I'm arguing that it shouldn't matter because the Constitution is the Constitution. I'm I'm trying to appeal to some level of objective truth. Sure. Which, again, is a whole other discussion we could get into. But anyway, so the idea is that the majority decision, um, there were one, two, three, four, five in that. And then three... So five... What what am I doing? It depends on how you look at it. Okay. So there were six that concurred... And three that dissented is the term. Six that concurred, three that dissented. Mm -hmm. Got it. That makes our nine. Okay. Okay. So that's your nine. Uh, Three of the concurring justices wrote... A concurring opinion. Something that's known as a concurring opinion, which is, I agree, but for different reasons, or I agree, but I also don't agree with this part of the majority opinion. Okay. So So there's a lot of nuance and stuff to unpack So my vote is yes with the majority but right. So, for example, okay. the, the there was one justice who wrote concurring in judgment. Uh-huh. And so this this whole issue came to the Supreme Court through a law that was passed in Mississippi about abortion, which severely limited abortion. Right. And it appealed to the Supreme Court. And what this particular justice wrote is they said, OK, I agree that this Mississippi state law is constitutional. Okay. But I don't think we should overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Got it. So, so they're like, so it's like, yes, da da da. But, but we don't need to do all that. So there's okay, a lot okay. of, yeah, there's a lot of layers in this decision. As there should be. Well, yeah, it's a, honestly. Right, right, exactly. And so, and so, um, exactly. So one of the justices wrote um, in their concurring opinion something that I think is importance to mention and so i'm not going to say which justice because i think people form opinions on what's being said based on who's saying it which i don't think is right um so i think this quote articulates what i'm trying to say is the foundation of this conversation so quote it says the issue so this is one of the justices writing in their concurring opinion the issue before this court however is not the policy or morality of abortion. Right. The issue before this court is what the Constitution says about abortion. Got it. Okay. And then so he's concurring. Um, So he's saying the Constitution does not take sides on the issue of abortion. The text of the Constitution does not refer to or encompass abortion. To be sure, this court has held that the Constitution protects unenumerated rights that are deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. But a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in American history and tradition, as the court today thoroughly explains. So what he's saying is that is that, yes, the Constitution does cover rights Mm -hmm. that are not literally listed. Sure. So one of those issues would be like the right to marry across racial lines. Sure. That was a Supreme Court case. 
Yeah. Does the Constitution protect the right to for me to marry whoever I want? They decided, yes, it does. Uh-huh. And so that would be an example of an unenumerated right, a right that's not literally listed in the Constitution. Right. So this justice is saying, yes, the Constitution does cover things that are not literally listed, uh-huh. but abortion is not one of them. Okay. Does he go further to explain why? Yes. Said, and that's like, that? that's this whole decision is them explaining why. Okay, good. In like a hundred pages. Well. So I'm not going to read all of it, but. But um, but for yeah. anyone interested, it is out there on the World Wide Web. Yeah. You just Google Dobbs. Supreme Court decision and it's like a PDF. It's like the first Google result. So, yeah. Yeah, it's right there. Which Daniel was saying as he's reading it, it's so cool that we live in a free country where I Google this and it comes up and I can read all of it and yeah. I can go pull up the Constitution and right. read all of it. Like, yeah. that's pretty true. Yeah, it's cool. So what I want to do is I want, I actually want to, so I want to go, th- so I want to go through this decision and like look at the Constitution. What does it say? Okay. I want to do it backwards though. Backwards. Ah. I want to start okay. with the justices who disagree. Okay. Who say that abortion is a constitutional right? It's a human right. Okay. And we should not overturn Roe or Casey. Got it. Okay. And so I want to start with that. And so, as I was researching this, um, you know, I'll just say up front: abortion is not literally; it is not an enumerated right. Mm-hmm. There, the word abortion does not show up in the Constitution. Right. So the argument is, is or the argument. Or the question is, is it an unenumerated right? Is it a right, even though it's not listed? And so people argue that, well, if we look through the first, fourth, fifth, ninth, or fourteenth amendments, we might be able to find first, some fifth, what or nineteenth, fourteenth? I'm gonna go through them. I'm just listening. Okay, it fast okay, okay. I'm gonna go through it. Got it. First, fourth, fifth, ninth, or fourteenth. Just trying right? to absorb it all. So, okay. so just to, so, th- and I'm kind of going back to Roe. So this is where they kind of discuss this. Oh, my foot's okay. asleep. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me crack open my constitution here and go to the first amendment. Okay. So the bill of rights here. Okay. okay. Amendment number one, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, prohibiting mm-hmm. the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Right. Okay, so that's the First Amendment. Nothing in there that says abortion, but is there anything that could imply abortion? Some people might argue, yes, I'm not going to fully unpack that because people are putting more stock into a different amendment. Okay, another amendment that comes up in this discussion is the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects, against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So that's the right to privacy that people talk about? Um, Not necessarily. I think, so this is all going to come down in the 14th Amendment. All right, is where keep this going. Is all I'm come listening. In. But Fourth Amendment, we can't just barge into people's houses and search them without a warrant. Sure. And it has to be a legit warrant. I do appreciate that that's a thing. And, yeah, no, no, these are great rights. I highly appreciate that. Okay. Uh, Fifth Amendment. That also comes up with this. Okay. okay. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment, uh, yeah, presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, mm. when in actual service in time of war or public danger. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's that. Nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, so you can't be tried twice for the same crime, Right. nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property 
without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So now we have that word liberty in here. Right. And that's where this discussion is really going to center around. Okay. Nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Okay. So the Constitution says here that we are not, we should not be deprived of life, liberty, without due process of law. So I could argue that I should not be deprived the liberty uh-huh. of having an abortion based on the Fifth Amendment. I could make that argument. Okay. And and that has been brought up. Uh, okay. Questions? Well, I don't know how much I'm supposed to engage in this or how much you already have this all answered. I'm trying to... But... W- yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get to the 14th Amendment because that's where, like... So at this point... Roe really okay. hammers us down, but... I'm along for the I'm ride. bringing up these... You just yeah. keep going. I just... Yeah, you're highlighting liberty, but life is right before liberty. And so you could come from the other side and argue You could say that an unborn child should not be deprived of life. Right. So I think in that same sentence, it's interesting that you have both sides glaringly like, I am here. Let me argue about it. Yeah. Anyway, you can continue. That's just what stood out to mm -hmm, me. I was going to bring that up later of like, hmm, when do your human or constitutional rights begin? Yeah. Uh, Which is a whole thing. That's a whole other. That's a whole other can of worms. You could. I feel like there's an argument to say that an unborn child has the right to life, without uh, and should not be deprived thereof without due process. process And how do you have a case for a child that's not born yet? There's a whole thing there. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So continue. So so we're looking at the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Ninth Amendment. So this is an interesting one, and I I did a lot of looking into this case. So Ninth Amendment is very short. It's one sentence. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights, okay? So the rights listed in the Constitution, so enumerated, the ones that are listed, right. shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. <laughs> Which, you were looking at this the other day, and I was like, there are so many vague words in here. What are they talking about? Yeah, and <laughs> I'm not going to claim to be able to fully unpack what the Ninth Amendment means, but I think simplistically it means that the rights that are given to people in the Constitution sure. cannot be used to take away other human rights that are maybe not in the Constitution. Right, which gets real tricky real fast. Exactly. Like, so what are the human rights that we have man. that are not in the Constitution but are still part of people's human rights? It yeah, takes is- massive intelligence to write this stuff in such a concise and purposeful. Well, yeah. And in like, I'm just thinking of policies and procedures writing at work and how writing policies is difficult. Imagine writing the constitution for your country. No, Mm -hmm. thanks. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. So, okay. So we've got that. And then now the 14th amendment. So the 14th amendment is where, if I understand correctly, the, the Roe court. So the court with Roe v. Wade really Mm -hmm. camped down was like, okay, the 14th amendment is where we find the right to an abortion. So that would then make sense if they're going to go back on that, that they need to really address that main campsite. Exactly. And Good. so this okay. is the amendment that they're going to talk about the most in this Dobbs case. Which, good, is makes sense. Yep. Yeah, so the okay. 14th Amendment is actually kind of long. Yeah, it is. It there, has. There's five sections. sections? There's five sections, five paragraphs. All right. But it's the due process clause, which is just section one. Section one. Okay, so this is just one paragraph. Okay, right. so here's what, and, and notice the year here. This is 1868. When it was ratified. This is right after the Civil War. All right. So this is part of the Reconstruction. Historical if I, context. If I understand. Yeah, so 14th Amendment is like, okay, Civil War is over. We're going to we're gonna 
add some more stuff we're gonna here. amend the constitution with this okay, okay. Par- in part this all poor persons wow all persons <laughs> Sorry. all persons born or naturalized in the united states and subject of the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the united states and of the states wherein they reside okay no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens in the United States. Okay, Got so it. no state can make a law that abridges the privileges of the citizens. Okay, nor shall any dis- any state uh-huh. deprive any person. Oh, look, it's the same phrase of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of laws. Okay. So what we're so if we are arguing. As the dissent is arguing, right, we are saying that in the due process clause of the Fourteenth Amendment, where it says, "Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law," what they're doing is they're saying that word "liberty" there in the Fourteenth uh-huh. Amendment uh-huh. encompasses the right to have an abortion, and states cannot deny that right to their citizens, and that is the the biggest part of the argument in Roe v. Wade. Okay. So we're saying, okay, it's right there in the 14th Amendment. Abortion is part of... Liberty. Liberty. And it's part of a woman... A woman I keep saying this wrong. A woman's, woman's right to make personal decisions about her body and her health care. Yeah. So let me, let me... So let's go into the dissent here. So this is part of the um, Dobbs decision mm-hmm. and what they are arguing and saying that we should not be... Um, we should not be overturning Roe v. Wade. Okay, so let me okay. um, let me find this. Okay, so let me read this and let me just argue what the the three justices who are against this Dobbs decision. Yeah, let's what hear they're it. saying. Okay, so what so what they say here is whatever the exact scope of the coming laws, one result of today's decision is certain: the curtailment of women's rights and of their status as free and equal citizens. So they're saying in this decision we are curtailing women's rights. Yesterday, the Constitution guaranteed that a woman confronted with an unplanned pregnancy could, within reasonable limits, make her own decision about whether to bear a child with all the life-transforming consequences that act, that act involves. Yeah. And in thus safeguarding each woman's reproductive freedom, the Constitution also protected the ability of women to participate equally in this nation's economic and social life, but no longer. So they're saying with this Dobbs case... They no longer have this right. Mm -hmm. As of today, the Supreme Court holds that a state can always force a woman to give birth, prohibiting even the earliest abortions. A state can thus transform what, when freely undertaken, is a wonder into what went. Whoa, I'm losing myself. State can thus transform what, when freely undertaken, is a wonder into what, when forced, may be a nightmare. Wow. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. Also, you keep saying women. This says women. Mm, no, it says woman. It says woman yeah, and woman's. Really, I can't even read right now. It's okay. It's just cracking me up because your brain is really stuck on that. Continue. Okay. Uh, so what they're saying is that we can transform a woman's life into a nightmare by forcing these things on her. Okay. Got it. And so what they're also saying is that the issue with abortion being found in the 14th Amendment ties to other rights that we have. So let me read this quote of what they're saying. They're saying, no one should be confident that this majority is done with its work. 
the right that Roe and Casey recognized does not stand alone. So the issue of abortion is part of a network or an array of other rights. Right. I've heard this argument. Okay. So they're saying to the contrary, the court has linked it for decades to other settled freedoms involving bodily integrity, familial relationships, and procreation. Mm. Most obviously, the right to terminate a pregnancy arose straight out of the right to purchase and use contraception. So they're saying these are go hand in hand. Yeah. The right to use the pill and the right to have an abortion are are intimately related. Yeah. And it doesn't and they're arguing it doesn't make sense to say you have the right to use contraception, but you don't have the right to abortion. They're saying right. you're just picking and choosing in an unreasonable way. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. And so what they're saying is that in turn, those rights led more recently to rights of same sex intimacy and marriage. Uh-huh. Okay, so we're saying this is all under the umbrella of bodily autonomy, family relations, procreation. You have the right to use contraception. You have the right to have same-sex intimacy. You have the right to marry across racial lines. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, we're just saying abortion, which is also under the umbrella of bodily integrity, is not constitutional. That seems interesting. So this is is what the mm -hmm. dissent is arguing. What there's so here, I'll continue the quote. Quote, they are all part of the same constitutional fabric, protecting autonomous decision-making over the most personal of life's decisions. Mm. The majority, or to be more accurate, most of it, is eager to tell us today that nothing it does casts any doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. So in the majority opinion, they said, okay, we're only talking about abortion. We're not talking about contraception. We're not talking about same-sex sure. marriage. We're not talking about all this stuff. And the dissent is like, um, I'm not sure that's really true. Well, or that you can separate it. Exactly. And here's what they say. They say, but how can that be? Yeah. The lone rationale for what the majority does today is that the right to an elect abortion is not deeply rooted in our history. Hmm. Not until Roe, the majority argues, did people think of abortion fell into the Constitution's guarantee of liberty. Hmm. The same could be said, though, of most of the rights the majority claims that it's not tampering with. The majority could write just as long an opinion showing, for example, that until the mid-1900s, there was no support for, in American law for the constitutional right to obtain contraceptives. Hmm. So here's what they say. So one of two things must be true. Either the majority does not really believe in its own reasoning... Hmm. Or hmm. if it does, all rights that have no history stretching back to the mid-19th century are insecure. Either the mass of the majority's opinion is hypocrisy or additional constitutional rights are under threat. Hmm. It is one or the other. And Interesting. So, yeah, so what the dissent is arguing is that the right to an abortion is just one of many rights that we have regarding bodily autonomy, yeah. decisions in family, procreation, like all of these things are together. And there are other Supreme Court cases that say we have the right to use contraceptive. We have the right to same-sex marriage. We have the right to interracial marriage and these things. And the dissent here is arguing, okay, abortion is just part of that bodily autonomy. So how can you just overturn this but but say you're not touching that? I have a question. Does does the majority, like, get a chance to address... The concerns of the dissent mm-hmm. in the whole opinion. They do. Yeah. It's it's I wonder how this was written because both, if you read it, they both talk to each other in their decisions. That's good. They need to. That's right. excellent writing. Right. I mean, because you know that that's what they're doing. They're right. deliberating amongst themselves. Right. And then somebody has the homework of going and writing it. Sure. Good golly. But like <laughs> yeah. okay, that's good because I would be curious to hear 
the majority's yeah, response. Yeah, which, which is what I want to, which is why I'm doing it backwards because I think it's, cool. it's interesting to talk through it that okay. way. Okay, all right. Um, I'm not going to read all these other quotes I have from the dissent, but also what they're arguing. So basically, I'm going to skip ahead. The majority opinion argues that the right to an abortion is not implied in the 14th Amendment. Okay. And they have all these reasons for that, which we'll get into. Sure. Um, and part of what they say is that Part of the question is, how do you interpret the 14th Amendment? When you look at the word liberty, uh-huh. do we read that word based on how the original ratifiers thought of it mm. and only go based on that? Mm, but, mm. Or do we interpret the word liberty based on what we know now and what we're concerned about now? Which is, of course, another fundamental argument that's been going on for forever right. because with constitutional You law. could easily argue that the people ratifying the 14th Amendment in 1868, right after the Civil War, were not thinking about abortion. Right. We're not necessarily thinking about contraceptives. Right. Probably had very interesting views on interracial marriage. Oh, yeah. And same-sex marriage. Oh, yeah. So, like, what the dissent is arguing is like, okay, if you're going to take out abortion and argue that, then you have to take all these other things away. And sure. this is not, this is, and this, you're basically taking away bodily autonomy or this is one step in that direction. In that direction. Yeah. Of the slippery slope. And so, that. Yeah. And they're, so they're basically saying is that abortion is part of the right to personal body decisions and decision making. Okay. Okay. So that's the fundamental argument of the dissent. Right. So now we need to get to, okay, well, how is the majority going to justify this? Okay, good. Yeah, and that's they, my question. And do they have good grounds in order to justify this? Okay. Okay. And so, um, so let's get into that. This is fascinating. I am I think it's this. interesting. Yeah. So 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 let's go to we the majority should talk opinion. To Dr. Lingwall. Yeah. He was my biz law professor. Okay. At Truman. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a side note. I would love to hear his thoughts on this. Yeah. So so now let's go to the majority opinion. These are the people who the justices who said this is not in the Fourteenth Amendment. Okay. Let's read what they said. The okay. So I have a quote here. Okay. In their decision, they say, in interpreting what is meant by the 14th Amendment's reference to liberty, quote, Hmm. we must guard against the natural human tendency to confuse what the amendment protects, Hmm. what it actually protects, with our own ardent views about the liberty that Americans should enjoy. So they're saying, okay, we need to make sure, again, what we said at the beginning, what does the the 14th Amendment actually say versus what do we want it to mean? Right. Okay, so this is what the majority is saying, okay? Oh, wow. So they're saying that is why this mm. court has long been reluctant to recognize rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution. We should be reluctant. Yeah. Okay, substantive due process has at times been a treacherous field for this court, and it so- has sometimes led the court to usurp authority that the Constitution entrusts to the people's elected representatives. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a quote. Actually, I read this quote earlier. As the court cautioned in a previous case, we must exercise the utmost care whenever we are asked to break new ground in this field, lest the liberty protected by the 14th Amendment be subtly transformed into the policy preferences of the members of the Supreme Court. Okay. So they're approaching it from that. So here's what the majority says regarding that. Okay. So These attempts to justify abortion through appeals to a broader right to autonomy and to define Mm -hmm. one's concept of existence proves too much. Proves too much. So they're saying to call abortion part of just bodily autonomy, they're saying you're opening the door to way more than than reproductive rights. Okay. Well, okay. And so one thing that they Hmm. actually quote in the decision, they say, okay, if you're just appealing to bodily autonomy, now you're saying people have the right to do drugs. You have the right to 
uh, participate in prostitution. Yeah. You have the right. They're saying if you just say bodily autonomy, you're now opening the door to so many things with no end of what that means. Oh. That you're trying to bake in way too much. So into they're this kind of liberty. saying that this umbrella is real, but we need to be careful what we put under the umbrella. Sure. And we need to articulate it. So here's what they say about, and so Yikes. here's the majority's opinion on how abortion is different from these other okay. rights. Yes, that's what they here's need what to they then say. show. Here's okay, what good. they say. It's right here. What sharply distinguishes the abortion rights from the rights recognized in the cases on which Roe and Casey rely on is something that both decisions acknowledged. Hold on. What sharply distinguishes the abortion right from the rights recognized in the cases on which Roe and Casey rely is something that both those decisions acknowledged. Okay. So they're saying they've already acknowledged this. Abortion destroys those decisions, destroys what those decisions call potential life and what the law at issue in this case regards as the life as an unborn human. So they're saying what's different here okay. is that when you are dealing with abortion, you are destroying a quote, they're quoting potential life or an unborn human. Okay. Whereas in the right to contraceptive, yeah. There's no destroying potential life or an unborn human life. Right. You're, so it's different. Because you're before Yeah, conception. you're before that. The decision to wow. use contraceptives is, an, is a decision that two adults make. Sure. Or one adult makes that affects their lives only. Sure. The right to same-sex marriage, they're arguing, is a consensual decision that two sure. adults make that only affects them. Sure. The right to marry across racial lines is a consensual decision thing that does affect only your body sure whereas abortion what the majority is arguing here you're pulling in another potential life you're pulling you're you're speaking yeah you're affecting another so does that cover even the like fetal argument and the like tissue you know what i mean because that's part of the the other side of this is like is calling it potential life even going too far for them to get on board with this line of reasoning. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Not exactly. I think it all, I mean, so you also have to ask the question, is an unborn, is a fetus a human? Exactly. Like, and, I guess that's and, part of and what and I'm is asking. is it a human at conception? Right. Uh, do they I, address I don't, that? Uh, do they I, have to in this? Well, it, it kind of, they kind of, you, know, you can kind of get around it because they are quoting this idea of potential life. Got it. So even if you say that a fetus is not a human... It's potential life. It is potential life, which is even still different than the discussion on contraceptive sure. and marriage and stuff like that. Yeah, interestingly, it's like kind of splitting hairs, but you can see the distinction. Right. So even if we don't admit huh. that you are a human from conception it's still a different kind of issue. Mm. And so the majority is arguing here of like, yes, we're not going against bodily autonomy and Mm -hmm. personal decisions, but we're distinguishing this issue of abortion because it affects another living creature. If I could say it that way, another biological entity that is the unborn child in a way that these other things don't. And so you can talk about abortion separate from issues of marriage and contraception and things along those lines. Hmm. Okay. 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 I'm sure that there can be counter arguments made. Yeah. 
But because to me, that makes be. sense. That makes sense. Sure. That you can treat it as a separate issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's a good response. Yeah. And so and so then I, I don't have this quoted here. Oh, and so here's what the majority says. They say in deciding whether a right falls into uh, the 14th Amendment. So they're saying, OK, so the 14th Amendment protects certain rights. It protects the right that is listed in the Constitution, namely the first eight amendments, because the, the other ones are just about the government. Okay, mm-hmm. So the rights that we are given as citizens are enumerated in the first eight amendments. Yes. At least that tie into the 14th Amendment, sure. which abortion is not there. Okay, And that it the 14th Amendment can also cover unenumerated rights, so rights that are not given in the Constitution. And so here's what they say. In deciding whether a right falls into these categories... The court has long asked whether the right is, A, deeply rooted in our nation's history and tradition. Okay, okay. And B, whether it is essential to our nation's scheme of ordered liberty. Oh. So this is like the huge part of the majority opinion is they go, okay, we have to determine whether abortion is covered in the 14th Amendment. Right. It's obviously not explicitly addressed. Right. So we have to determine whether this is a constitutional right based on other contexts. Right. Outside of the Constitution. So what are itself. our standards of measurement going to be? And so what they 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 explicitly okay. say it. Yeah. They say we're gonna go back into all the laws in the United States at Man. the state and local level. Is this something that has been traditionally part of human rights that we've no- recognized this? Yeah. And is it part of is it essential to basic liberty in our nation? Okay. And I'm not gonna unpack all of that. They like That's a big job. They literally walk through all of that in like dozens of pages of discussion and unpack all of that i don't ever want this job in my life ever (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i know i'm way far away from that job ever in my life but i'm thankful all right so long story short they say no this is not part of our nation's tradition okay this is not something that is historically recognized as being a a human right Mm -hmm. and it is not fundamental to Um, liberty in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so for all, and you can go read all of that again, I'm just glazing over dozens of pages of what they discuss. Yeah. This is not, they're saying this is not in the 14th amendment. Okay. And it's different than these other marriage and contraception discussions because you're talking about another potential life. entity. Yeah, Yeah. Another biological entity, which would then be protected under those same. Yeah. So they're saying the 14th amendment does protect your right to contraception and marriage and things like that. And life. And and life, personal autonomy, liberty, those things, but not an abortion because now we're getting into a separate issue where we're dealing with someone else's life. Which just reminds me of my government teacher in high school for dual credit. She said, like, she always told us, like, your rights end where another person's begin. Hmm. And that, I thought on that a lot and I still think on that and I'm like, hmm, how does, what are the implications? But I think this would be an applicable situation for that quote that the justices are arguing that since there's a potential life, like our right to personal autonomy ends because another's rights are beginning. Right. Which, and you have to argue that an unborn child has constitutional rights right which is a whole other that's a whole other thing it's a whole other yeah i realize that i don't i don't know if i've discussed this as smoothly and articulately as i had in my head but but that's the fundamental argument yeah and so let me just read the conclusion that they come to okay so i have some quotes here so quote first quote i have when we engage in that inquiry in the present case the clear answer is that the 14th amendment does not protect the right to an abortion 
Okay. Okay. Here's another quote. The inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in our nation's history and traditions. Wow. Yeah. Another quote. We end. So this is like. Yeah. Yeah. This is the gavel hitting the thing. Okay. (laughs) We end this opinion where we began. Abortion presents a profound moral question. Mm. Here's, Here's what they say, though. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Okay, so the states right. can rule on this. Yeah. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. Hmm. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. Boy. Mm-hmm. The judgment of the Fifth Circuit is reversed and the case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. Wow. It is so ordered. Wow. So that's so they they definitely like you feel the weight. Yeah, they definitely wow. nail that thing and seal it. So um Do they end every every court brief, case brief with, with it is so ordered? I would guess they do. That is I like want, cool. instead of because I said so to our children, I want to say it is so ordered. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> with our kids, we're gonna be like, you will go to bed at eight o'clock. It is, is so ordered. It is so ordered. Not that you should always just say because I said so. Like that's the joke. But wow, if I'm gonna ever say it. Uh, help me remember that quote, that's babe. Yeah, just use that as wow, a that's so, weighty. Wow. So, oh gosh. So anyway, I guess in a, I want to say in a nutshell, but I feel like it's even less than a nutshell in a mm-hmm. very simplified way. Mm. That's the idea. Yeah. Excellent. So that's that's interesting. Your ability to take something hugely massive and then be like, let's talk about it for an hour and actually get somewhere. <laughs> con- yeah. Con- so inclusively. I appreciate that. Um, wow. I want. So then this. So I'm, so I'm going to wrap up here pretty soon and try to make a point out of all of this. But okay. let's so let's go back to the dissent's argument. Dissent's argument. Yep. yep. The dissent, the people who disagree. They yep. say, OK, abortion is. They basically say abortion is a human right for women, bodily right. autonomy. Sure. And if you take away that right, you are then creeping into the area where you're going to take away other rights. Sure. Contraception, marriage option, things like that. Okay. Okay. Let's concede that. Okay. And say, yeah, if we if we uh, if we take away the right to an abortion and say it's not constitutional, then we also have to reconsider all these other Supreme Court decisions in favor of that. Okay. So let's say they're right. Does that then mean that the right to an abortion is now in the Constitution? No. No. So, I don't know. As I was thinking about this, even if you concede the point of the dissent that abortion is uh, intimately linked with these other rights, they still don't have a positive argument that it is in the Constitution. Right. So it is an argument, but right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm so following. So it's, it kind of feels like a, a red herring hmm. where they're saying like, if you take away the right to an abortion, you're taking away all these other rights. And it's like, nee. well, it's like, okay, well, even if you still haven't shown me where the right to an abortion is given in the constitution, even implicitly. Okay. And I don't know. And maybe they're just arguing that it's right there in the 14th amendment. It says Liberty and Liberty applies to bodily autonomy and abortion is that, you know, and abortion relates to bodily autonomy. So it's all there. And, you know, there's that, but I think you have, to, I think if you're arguing that, yeah, you have to be very clear to say like, no, the word Liberty in the due process clause of the 14th amendment encompasses bodily autonomy, marriage, childbearing, procreation, abortion. Like you have to say it's all the same, same thing. Sure. If you only say that, well, if you take away abortion, it takes away other things. That's not enough of an argument. There has to be a, like a, a term for that in debate 
Like, you know how you have arguments. I mean, like, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what it would be, but like where you have a positive argument versus like a negative argument. Sure, there are terms for that. I don't know the terms, but I just know the term positive where like you can say, well, like, well, I disagree because based on your reasoning, all these other things are affected. It's like, okay, great. You still haven't given me a positive reason for your side. Yeah. And so anyway, that's a side. And if if I'm misinterpreting the argument on the side of the dissent, like if you're listening to this and I'm getting this wrong, please like email me, reach out to me. I want to talk about it because I want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. Um, Here's another question I want to ask me just in general. Okay. Like, let's discuss this. Okay. Let's say that abortion is a right that women have Mm -hmm. along with the other rights that are given in the constitution. Enumerated or enumerated? Both. Okay. You have the right to life. You have the right to liberty. Sure. Property. All of this stuff. Okay. When do those when do those rights begin? When I okay. So do you have the right to life as a twenty year old? Yes. Of course. You're in America. Assuming you're an American citizen, all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about when you're ten years old? Yes. What about when you're a baby in the hospital? Yeah. Yeah, you have that. Okay. Uh huh. What about when you're in the womb? Right. Maybe. Yeah. It's like. That's where it gets a lot. The question is, when do your constitutional rights begin? And so the question I'm throwing out, we kind of already got to this earlier, is Mm -hmm. does an unborn female Mm -hmm. have the right to bodily autonomy? Mm -hmm. Meaning you could argue that abortion is part of a woman's right to choose what to do with her body. Mm hmm. I wonder though if, but if you abort a little girl, unborn girl, are you then infringing on her rights to bodily integrity? Yeah, you would have choice and taking away her. On when you're drawing that line. Yeah, and so this is this is an interesting question that I think needs to be addressed: is when do your constitutional rights begin? Do they begin at birth? Been addressed? Oh, it has so been addressed. I'm sure it has. I just I'm just throwing it out there. I have not researched this and necessarily know what it is. I'm probably need to go talk to some history teachers or history professors about that. Um, But yeah, it's but it's I'm just throwing it out there as something that's worth thinking about. Yeah. Of like, when does the woman? When does a woman? (laughs) You just did it again. I'm sorry. When does a woman, singular, go. Good job. have the right to life? Yeah. yeah. So I sound very pro-life right now. Well, um, which, and which maybe we I am. are. Oh, you gave it away. I did. I'm oh, sorry. I'm not away. sorry. I think it is very, very, very important that we discuss and we learn why and we are able to have conversations about yeah, this. But sure. I also think it's important to not hide yeah. what we believe yeah, the on re- the moral level. The reason I was being coy right there is that the discussion so and i have this in all caps this is this is the what i'm trying to say in this podcast is that if you want to talk about the supreme court decision mm-hmm. and whether or not you agree with it yeah i think it's very important that you agree or disagree with the supreme court decision for the right reasons mm. yeah we've talked about that and so if yeah. you say i disagree with the supreme court decision because i think abortion is part of women's rights okay you should be arguing based on how you interpret the Constitution. Right. And not, not just whether you think abortion 
is good or should be right because then you're at the moral level right you're on a different level which is something we should talk about as people oh yeah but it's and should influence influence it but that's not what the supreme court was concerned with if you are like yeah i agree with the supreme court decision because i'm against abortion on a moral level okay even me who is Mm pro-life says that's a bad reason to agree with the supreme court yeah well yeah at a logical level yes and I think that's, I personally think that's important. Right. I think that distinction is. I think you yeah. should have the right conclusions about life issues. Yeah. And. The right. For the right reasons. Yeah. So if you, oh, so man. it's like if you say two plus two is four because my dad said so, mm-hmm. you know, I would say, okay, you have the right conclusion, but if you're appealing because your dad said so, that's the wrong reason. And I would still have take issue with you. Mm. So if you say the Supreme Court is right. And I agree with them because abortion is wrong and God says no, and that's killing a human. It's like, okay, well, okay, you might, I might agree with your conclusion that we shouldn't abortion is, we shouldn't have abortion as a constitutional right or the Supreme Court decision. Sure, sure. But you need to understand what those reasons are. Right. The Supreme Court is concerned with interpreting the Constitution. Right. And so the takeaway that I would say is that if you, disagree with the Supreme Court decision Mm -hmm. and you say that abortion is a human right, it is part of women's reproductive rights and bodily autonomy and all those things, we should, rather than reinterpret Mm -hmm. the Constitution, we should just change it. Yeah. You should amend the Constitution and say, we have the right to abortion. Which is an executive, or excuse me, a legislative process, not a judicial process. Sure, right, exactly. So that so, that means yeah. put it back to the states, yeah. get it to the elected officials, talk to your elected officials, have them write a law to then be talk ratified. To talk to your state. Right. Because it's not that abortion has been outlawed for the whole country. Right. It's just state by state. Right. So if you are pro-choice, instead of, I think the stance that you should have is instead of reinterpreting what the constitution means by liberty Hmm. you should either amend the constitution and or yeah argue that your states should legalize abortion right which are both viable options which are both viable options and we have that freedom in here wow wow so i i agree so the fundamental i guess argument for this podcast that i'm arguing is that we we should not just interpret the constitution in whatever way agrees with our policy views Mm. we should we should by policy do you mean political party views what do you yeah all the above yeah just that yeah just political views moral views Mm. we should interpret the constitution based on what it means based on historical context and all you know and what it literally says and what it means based on the historical meaning Mm. and then if we don't like that we should change it hmm Instead of reinterpreting it. So I guess even more fundamentally than that, I'm appealing to, I'm kind of anti-postmodern in that, like, there's yeah. a, there is objective truth and there is objective meaning that transcends personal experience. Mm-hmm. And that applies to the Constitution. So. Cool. Anyway. Man, there's a whole nother thing, because we've been talking about this at the judicial level, and okay, here's what the courts are doing, but then... You know who I am, Daniel, that everything in me longs to now turn and say, okay, but what about the women who are still facing these very real life issues? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole nother, not even episode, but just like people do podcasts mm-hmm. on that. Like that's yeah. their life calling. Yeah. We, yeah. And we have not really discussed um, why we hold the views we have. Yeah. Um, 
I would argue that my views on abortion are independent of my religious views. Interesting. And I can we can unpack that in, at a later time. I would say mine are very much intertwined with that. Interesting. I would have to hear your thoughts on that yeah. because there you go. Stay tuned for next time if we talk about that. These. Yeah, uh, and and I also don't want to brush over. Yeah. Where can I the, find the people who deal with this in 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 a more realistic way? I want to share. Just I want to throw out that um, the podcast from Java with Julie that I was telling you about mm-hmm. as like a resource where people are discussing more the like, hey, what do we do for the women in light of the Dobbs decision? Sure. And it like brushes on that. Where do I find my podcast history? Mm, I don't know if Apple does that. Dad stinks. So what about. OK, hold just on. Just go to the show and look. Yep. I'm, I'm working on it. I just don't navigate this very often. Shalene has a podcast episode where they are discussing okay well okay maybe you're pro-life and you're against abortion but that doesn't change the very real emotional and financial and what and relate you know whatever social issues that people deal with with unwanted pregnancies well and this okay so it is java with julie is the podcast um yes and it's just really i enjoy it just in general but it's episode 422 okay uh titled how to care for both women and children in the wake of the dobbs decision Hmm. and it's really good because it also doesn't get into the nitty gritty nitty like I like to do but it's like a higher level just from a like okay if we're Christians how do we respond to this because Jesus never like when people came to him and were like Lord this way he's like uh not really and then someone comes to him with the opposite and they're like Lord this way and he's like no still not really and he always gave like a third kingdom answer that kind Mm. of was above both of those polarizing opinions yeah so it kind of looks at it from that perspective and says well what do we do how do we love like Jesus loves? Um, and um, Julie Slattery, who's the host of the podcast, is interviewing a woman who um, her life's work is in this area with abortion and stuff like that. So anyway, I, cool. I'm i not giving the details and it's yeah, not good, so, but yeah, I would recommend listening. take a listen to that if you're interested. It's It was really cool and something that I want to look into a little further. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks for that recommendation. So. Anyway, uh, hopefully I haven't stirred too many hornet's nests with this discussion. Um, If you're listening to this and you think I'm totally off on something or I am understanding something wrong or whatever, I literally want to talk to people about this. So part of me having this podcast is to initiate a conversation. So the email is in the show notes. Let me know. Um, I want to talk to people about this um, and and get into this. This is a tough issue. It's Mm -hmm. very emotional. Yeah. And it's and people should care about this. Yes. If you're pro-choice or pro-life, I think you should have strong opinions on this. Yeah. And so I'm not against strong opinions and I I'm not interested in demonizing people I disagree with. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about it and see if there's common ground that we can come to. And so um, this episode was more centered on what does the Constitution say about this issue as opposed to, as opposed to what do we the do? moral aspect of it? Yeah. How do we, you know, if we if abortion is illegal, how do we deal with helping women who have unwanted pregnancies and yeah. all the arguments for why abortion should be legal? Like, sure. That's a whole thing that should be discussed. And I, oh, yeah. I'm not even going to pretend that I can just brush over that and be like, yeah, it'll be fine because no, that's not true. No, there there's are, real life there's happening very real with stuff. women really hurting. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so. Yeah, I, I want to talk about this, and that's why it's a podcast. So Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for being my sounding board. Yeah, um, thanks for inviting me to be. And Hopefully this was 
helpful um, for people listening and hopefully it made sense? Um, it was helpful for me. Okay. If nothing else. Well, there you go. <laughs> we got one. So we'll, we'll, we'll count that as a win. Right. Yeah. So can we also maybe stick the podcast I recommended in the show notes just for easy access? Um, or is that, how does that work? I will try. I will name it. I don't know if I can link it. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Just so people can go find it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Thanks, well, love. thank you, Shalene, for being here. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Yeah. We'll see you on the next one. Have a good day. See ya. Bye. Say yeah.